Welcome to Mama Beebees, a podcast for women with type 1 diabetes by women with type 1 diabetes. Join us every week as we navigate through pregnancy, birth, and raising a child whilst living well with type 1 diabetes. The experiences shared on this podcast are not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be relied on as health or personal advice. Please seek the guidance of your treating team before making any changes to your diabetes or pregnancy care. Today we're excited to be bringing you the birth story of Carly and Noah in its entirety. Noah was born in September 2019 and is the second baby to join Carly and her husband Drew Earthside. Today your hosts are Ash and Carly and this is Mama Beebees. Okay Carly, so before we head off into the birth story, I just wanted to see um what Noah is up to now um since his birth in 2019 um and then we'll move into your birth story if that's okay yeah look I'm really excited to talk about uh, my little bug Noah so he is uh almost 18 months old now and um he is a little live wire um I thought Isabel was full-on uh and was like go 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 and she is nothing compared to her little brother and I think it's because he has to like get above her so yeah he's seeing her as an example and he's like I've got to beat that yeah it's that full-on second child syndrome um he's like got to be louder and got to be like more demanding and all this like fun stuff definitely fun stuff but he's so much more um than his sister which when he was a baby he was not he was super chill Uh, But he is walking, talking, so many teeth, so interested in noise. Like music is his little jam. He just dances to everything. And I say sings with like quotation marks, sings a lot of stuff. (laughs) Like he's such a little groover and he's such a little, he's a little heartbreaker. Um, He's got these big, beautiful blue eyes and this like, near to do smile that you just melts you no matter what like he's just like drawn all over my wall with textile and he like turns around and smiles at me and I'm like oh my god stop it's like melting my heart and I can't be cross at you um <laughs> so he's yeah he's just the best he's one of the best so I mean who I'm so biased but he's just an awesome little kid and I'm stoked to be his mum I'm so excited to hear where he is up to now because I feel like he was he was young when you joined Mama Beebe's. He, he was less than a year old and now he's like 18 months and I'm just like, how? How did we see him grow up? I know, it's crazy. Yeah, he's about six months old and we started like putting together Mama Beebe's. So yeah, like, I don't know, he was too easy then. He was just like, oh, I'll just have boob and I'll just sleep and like eat and roll over. And, and now he does all the things. Well, now he does everything and, like, gives me heart palpitations. <laughs> jumping off things and climbing on top of things and, like, getting big sharp knives off the bench because he knows how to, like, go and get his sister's KitchenAid step and, like, put it in this certain spot so then he can get a foot up on a drawer and, like, get up onto the bench to our knife block, which is in the back corner, which is no longer in the back corner. Um, so, yeah, it's just it's minor heart palpitations, but he's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go back to your first heart palpitation then. <laughs> When you met him. Way back when. <laughs> Way back um, when, when you met him. Yeah, so uh, we delivered Noah here in Armadale in September 2019. Uh, I was not meant to deliver Noah the day that we did deliver Noah. So I went for what was meant to be my last OB appointment um, before my booked delivery date, which was the 30th of September. Uh, and I had had a really 
tough pregnancy with Noah, as I've mentioned kind of in every episode really where I've ever talked about Noah. Um, <laughs> we had a really, really tough pregnancy and I was in a lot of pain um, for all different reasons and it was horrible and I was just getting towards the end. But I, with Noah, had really chronic nerve pain in my hands and wrists to the point where like I couldn't, I couldn't write my name. My name has eight letters and I couldn't hold a pen for long enough to write my name. And I couldn't, like this sounds so bad, but like I couldn't um, put enough pressure to like wipe myself when I went to the toilet. Like I, yeah. I couldn't do anything with my hands. They were useless. Um, and and you, you need your hands for literally everything. Yeah. And like, I also had a baby. Yeah. Like I also had Isabel who was like in constant need of, my hands mm-hmm. um but it got to things like drew had to chop up my food um because i couldn't like put the pressure on a knife to cut sausages and like not not talking like you know really nice steak and stuff like just basic boring things that should cut super easy steamed vegetables couldn't cut those um so anyway i had this really chronic nerve pain in my hands and wrists and i went to my last appointment and i asked my ob like, how is everything going with the baby, you know? And he was like, it's all good. It's all good. Yep. Awesome. Like tick, tick, tick. He's in a good position. Um, his heart rate's good. Like everything's good. We will see you next week. And I just said, but what about my hands? Cause it's been something, it was something that we had been monitoring for a while and he was like, okay, let's check it out. And so he checked out my hands and he did a bunch of like poking and some proddings and um, like that thing they do on your feet for your diabetes. Like, oh yeah. Like, like the, yeah, the nerve test thing. Yeah. The nerve yeah. test thing. So he did that on my hands uh, and I felt nothing or maybe like, I don't know, maybe one or two of the pokes and uh, it just wasn't good. And I started getting quite stressed out and then I just burst into tears in the obstetrician's office. And I just said, I don't know if I can last the week. Mm. and he said okay okay like sit down lay down we'll just check over everything again make sure it's all good and I laid back down and somehow in the 20 minutes since they'd last checked on Noah uh, he had changed so he was not in distress but I was beginning to show uh, like fetal changes that were uh, in line with possible start of labor. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. Nobody really explained that to me because I was still crying uh, about the pain in my hands. And my obstetrician said, look, he's coming today. And I was like, beg your pardon, what are you talking about? And he said, okay, I need you to come back at one o'clock. So this, my appointment was at like 10 in the morning or something. And he said, I need you to come back at one o'clock. Uh, and I was like, um, no, uh, can, can I come tomorrow? And I just remember asking him if I could come the next day to have the baby. And he was like, mm, no, Carly, like you need to come back in like two hours. <laughs> he goes, really, we should be admitting you up to maternity now. But I understand you need to like go and make arrangements for your daughter. Cause by this stage, like we dropped Isabel off at daycare, you know, as per usual in the morning, yep. Drew was at work half an hour away and teaching a full day of classes. Uh, so that was great. And I was just like around and being told that my baby was coming today. So to go home and get my bag ready and stop eating 
And did you have your bag already ready or yeah, did you have yeah. to like? Well, I did. I had our bags ready, but like I hadn't packed like my diabetes stuff. Yeah. And you like your toothbrush and like glass. Uh, yeah. Like I used like my hairbrush and my toothbrush and um, like my insulin. And I like, yeah. hadn't packed any of that kind of stuff. And then I had to pack a bag for Isabel, which I had never considered having to pack before uh, because we went. So if we were going to be gone back into the hospital at one o'clock, uh, we were not going to be there for pickup. <laughs> that yeah. afternoon for daycare so we arranged with a friend uh whose daughter also goes to the same daycare to pick up Isabel but then she needed like an overnight bag because we didn't know how long it was all going to be and if everything was going to be all right um so I left the doctor's office and I rang Drew and he didn't answer and I rang him again and he didn't answer and I sent him a text in capital letters and I was like, answer your effing phone. <laughs> um, and then I rang him a third time and he did answer and he said, Carly, I'm on class. What's wrong? And I said, get your ass home. The baby's coming. Um, and he was like, um, uh, what? And I was like, yep, the baby's coming. You need to get home. Um, I feel like if you are a man listening to this, Anytime in that third trimester your yeah. wife calls you like more than one time, you should answer your phone. Oh, 100%. And it was really funny. He was telling me like while, like I'll just skip forward in the story, but while we were waiting um, like in the hospital to kind of go up for the Caesar, um, I said, oh, my God, you dickhead, like you need to answer your phone. Like I was calling you and calling you, rah, rah. and he said, oh, I was teaching my academy class, which is his seniors. Uh, and apparently when the phone rang the first time and he declined my call, one of his boys was like, oh, my God, she's having the baby. And he's like, no, she's not having the baby. Like, shut up. And then I rang again and then another one's like, oh, my God, she's in labour. And, like, one of them stuck their head out the classroom door, like, down the hall and was like, Mr. Eastlake's wife's having a baby. Um, and he was like, oh, my God, you're all idiots. And then I sent the text and I was like, answer your phone. And then he did. And he was like, well, boys, because uh, at this stage, he only had boys in that class. He was like, all right, I am off to go and have a baby. And they're like, we told you, we told you. Um, That's so, so funny. 16 and 17-year-old boys knew what was going on. Um, <laughs> so I rang Drew, got him to leave work. And I went home and packed my diabetes stuff. And I packed a little overnight bag for Isabel. And I hung out a load of washing. And That's I what did, you do. <laughs> I did the dishes because we had our breakfast dishes all still there. And I kind of just sat on the lounge until Drew got home from work. <laughs> and I was just kind of like, hmm, um, this is a bit strange. Because I didn't particularly feel, uh, like when they were saying I was showing these early signs of labour, um, I didn't really feel like it. And I didn't yeah. really understand what that meant because I'd been having Braxton Hicks the whole way, well, the whole way, like towards the end of Noah's pregnancy and quite, quite good ones, like superstar Braxton Hicks. They were on their way to being real contractions. They were overachievers. Um, <laughs> so these same feelings that I was getting were no different to what I was yeah. already having. So I um, was like, this doesn't feel any different. Uh, so anyway, once we did that, we dropped off our bag to our friend for Isabel and we went up to the hospital and the midwives were ready for us because our obstetrician had made a last minute booking in theatre. Uh, obviously it was not planned. Uh, and he went around calling it an emergency elective cesarean. So I had planned for a Caesar. We had the full Caesar plan, had every, like um, I wasn't in distress and the baby wasn't in distress, but we were having the baby today. Yeah. 
so, so it, it was like it was an emergency elective yeah yep. and I was like I don't like this term emergency I don't like it at all but anyway that's what he was calling it uh so we delivered here in Armadale at the public hospital and compared to my birth with Isabel I had the smoothest cesarean I could I ever it just went as perfectly as I could have ever pictured uh that's so nice it was so we went in um my the worst part is the catheter everyone who's thinking about having a cesarean the worst part of the whole thing for me was the catheter it was the most uncomfortable awkward hated it uh worse than getting out of bed the next day kind of thing um so we got all that stuff sorted got that in and this time as I have said many times before I'm the super advocate of colostrum uh Drew was in charge of the colostrum we took in another substantial amount uh oh because oh that was the other yeah this is great Drew and I we dropped off the bag to our friend's house uh and then we were going to the hospital and we realized that we left the colostrum in the fridge yes and I was like no we are going back to get it like this is not happening a second time so we went home and got the colostrum and then went to the hospital got everything all poked and prodded in and put in place uh put into the room and we talked we talked to a midwife and we asked if Drew could be in charge of the colostrum and she said of course um and she was just amazing Sarah and Drew took the little like cooler bag up we put some in the fridge down in maternity and then he took up I can't even remember how many like maybe three or four um little syringes whatever that that is um I think I took maybe two one mils and two three mils up uh because we thought that if everything was okay, then we try and get on the boob. Uh, My cesarean went really well. We started the procedure at 3 p.m. And Noah was too high up. So he had to be forceped down. Um, So he had a nice big mark on his head, uh, which I just had to laugh at because his sister was so far down. She had to be forceped up in my previous season. Um, so my kids really just like to be extra, like just a bit extra. Uh, and hearing him cry, again, going through the whole thing a second time and, and knowing that we had a successful and healthy pregnancy with Isabel, those fears were not alleviated of things like that his lungs might not be developed, though that had never come up. Um, in scans is an issue like it had with Isabel like it was always in the back of my mind that you know he wouldn't be breathing properly or that his blood sugar would be too low like not just you know low low but super super low Uh, and when they pulled him out he just screamed the most beautiful noise I'd ever heard in my whole life Uh, and this time we got skin to skin straight away he well, he got taken um, over and checked, and his apgar was perfect. He was the pinkest, mm-hmm. cutest, lankiest little baby ever. Um, big, but not as big as his sister. Noah was born at uh, nine pound eight or four point three kilos, if we're doing metric, um, and he was fifty two centimeters long and just pure pink perfection. And we got skin to skin like as soon as the APGAR test was done. Oh, now this good. midwife, it was, yeah. It, and so that skin to skin was happening as you were getting sewed up? The only time Noah got taken uh, was when I was being moved. Yeah. And I, ha- I hate to do it because this is Noah's story, but like I'd said with Isabel, I got her for a matter of minutes um, before she was taken and I was left in surgery for however long to be fixed up and then put in recovery. But the only time that Noah was taken from me at all 
was when we had to move my bed from theatre to recovery. And then once I was in recovery and they'd taken all the extra stuff away, even when I was being moved, I still had Noah in my bed. Like he was on my chest when we were being moved. Um, That's awesome. And it was so, like, compared to how you, how it happened with Isabel. Yeah. Yeah. So amazing. And it was the most surreal experience because I think I had, I kept waiting for someone to take him. Yeah, it was, and, and this midwife that we had, Sarah, and this second midwife, Bryony, when Sarah's shift changed, like um, while I was in theatre, the shift change happened. So once my surgery was complete and we were moved to recovery, we had another midwife. Yeah, um, because Sarah, bless her heart, she stayed through, um, through the surgery. Yeah, she we were asked if we were okay for her to leave. Um, and Brian needed to come in, who I knew from my previous pregnancy, and we said that was fine. Like, of course, midwives are overworked as it is. We don't need to keep them past their time at all. Um, but Sarah chose to stay, and that was amazing. So, yeah, we had our, like, recovery done, and Noah got his colostrum in theatre, his first um, mill he got given, and then he got put on the breast uh, yeah. in theatre while I was being um put back together and he took to it like a duck to water and thought it was the best thing ever and then then didn't give it up for nine months um but it was yeah I I like I'm thinking about it now and it was just the most surreal experience because it was so different to Isabel um like in that I had my baby and then I had my baby like nobody took him away nobody told me that I had done anything wrong um like my his blood sugars were on the borderline of low um I think he had one low reading maybe 2.2 or 2.3 um at which point they were like get him back on that boob feed him up and we did and his blood sugars were fine his everything was fine his breathing was fine and it was yeah his actual delivery was fantastic and yeah. then Noah never went to the nursery. He never got taken down the hallway. He was in with me fully. I remember just being wheeled down the halls of maternity um, and having him like in my arms. And another lady was wheeled the other way who also had her baby. Um, like, yeah, it was just this memory that I've got because I was like, I have my baby. Like, I when I had my wheeling around when I had Isabel, I saw all these women with their babies that I and I felt really silly I guess because I didn't have a baby in my arms whereas this time I always had a baby in my arms oh that's lovely yeah so I don't know the delivery it was amazing my recovery like the actual physical recovery was really good kind of in that first 24 hours after the cesarean I went to the bathroom really quickly again which was great obviously I have a super digestive system (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was just it was just great. I was able, the hardest thing I think in that first 24 hours was um, trying to sit up to feed Noah as much as he wanted to be fed. Yeah. Because I hadn't had that with Isabel because she hadn't wanted to feed kind of in that just post-surgery period. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really realise how much that would take out of me to sit up in the bed to get the midwife to feed him because I couldn't get out of the bed to get to the little... Yeah, because you're still numb, right? Yeah, well, I got my feeling back pretty quickly, um, probably within 
or maybe six or eight hours. Not did even. they do another spinal for Noah? Yeah, or so did I had they, a yeah. double. So I had yeah. a spinal epidural with Noah and I did the same with Belle for the same reason that they just said, we don't want to get up there and have it start to run out and then have to knock you out. Yeah. Uh, because I obviously preferred um, an awake cesarean. Yeah. I wanted to see my babies straight up and I was all for that because I didn't want to run the risk of anything running out and then being like, okay, we're not done. So now we're going to have to properly knock you out. Um, So I had a double with him, which was really good. And yeah, I started to get my feeling back that same night. Uh, But it's still obviously, even with the feeling back, you don't want to get out of bed. Yeah. You got a big scar and. Well, you just had major abdominal surgery. Like it's, I think people forget that sometimes that a cesarean is not like not that any birth is easy but like a cesarean is not just like a little cut and they pull it out like they've got to cut through like five layers of fat and muscle and like it's it's not just a little like nip and pull yeah so that's what I try and tell people anyway I'm like I had major abdominal surgery give me some credit I don't know how like women when they talk about the cesareans I don't know how you get up so quickly after them like I'd be like no no I'm still healing (laughs) And that's like a lot of women do. Um, I think so with Noah, I feel so bad. With Noah, I was up. We had our cesarean at three o'clock we started um, and I was out of bed at quarter past six the next morning. Oh, my gosh. So a little bit less than 16 hours. Um, that's so crazy. I a shower and get up. And they're like, we really need you to stay in bed. And I said, like, do you need me to stay in bed or do you want me to stay in bed? Uh, and the midwife was lovely and she said look we don't need you to stay in bed but we definitely want you to and I said if you don't need me to do it I'm not doing it because I feel fine like I feel like I want to do this yeah and look it is any it doesn't matter whether it's your first Caesar or your fifth Caesar um it's hard to get out of bed the the first time um it does for me both times I had the same like almost roller coaster feeling of like my something was going to fall out yeah. like when you are going that, just over that top of a roller coaster and everything like feels like it gets really high and then all of a sudden it shoots down to the bottom um that's what it's like getting out of bed and you kind of walk a bit like the hunchback of Notre Dame or at least I did anyway where it's like you're almost too scared to stand up like fully straight um while you're walking I was very hunched over I probably looked like a super old lady <laughs> um but because it was, yeah, almost this like just this mental fear of I don't want to stand up the whole way because I don't want to stretch it and then I don't know, rip something open. Um, but, yeah, so I was up, yeah, like 15 and a bit hours later to have a shower because the f- other flip side of my recovery with Noah is that um, I had a toddler. Yeah. So my recovery with Noah had to be different and I had to prepare myself for a like a little bit going into my birth with Noah that it was going to be different. And I, I had to, I had to make sure that I, I didn't compare my recovery too much because I knew that, like I, I think I said it like last week or the week before that I went home with a baby to just a slightly bigger baby. Like yeah. 18 months old is not independent they're still a baby um and one of the biggest things that I did in my lead up to having Noah was I met with a midwife and I asked for safe lifting techniques of which there are none like let's just I'm not a doctor but there are no approved safe lifting techniques after you've had a Caesar but I worked with someone 
um, to kind of give me guidelines of the best way in an emergency situation to safely like keep my child, like keep Isabel safe. Like it was unreasonable for me to be told, oh, don't lift anything more than your baby. Um, when I have an 18 month old who, you know, wasn't exactly road safe at the time. And it was just going to be me and the two kiddos. And yeah, so speak with your doctor, speak with your midwives. But that's something that I did in the lead up to my birth with Noah, because I knew that my recovery was now going to include a very active 18 month old not just an infant who I could feed and then put down when they were ready for a sleep and kind of rest and just stretch and do that kind of stuff. I knew that I had to be a bit more uh, prepared for activity, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. So, um, and how long were you in the hospital after you had Noah? Like when did you go home? Uh, So we had Noah on a Tuesday and we went home Thursday afternoon. Okay, yep. Um, so you had a Tuesday afternoon at 3pm? Yep, 3 a.m. So, yeah. so they're about 48 hours. Yeah, about 48 hours. I had to come back in on the Friday morning. Uh, they wanted just to, again, they were like, oh, look, we're not telling you you have to stay. You have, like, been cleared to go, but we would like you to stay. And I appreciated that so much, but I needed to be home. Yeah because I just felt like for us and for Isabel that we needed to get used to our new normal. Yeah. Um, and I was so desperate that I needed to, I, in my own, this sounds terrible, but I needed to be out by Friday because if I didn't get discharged on the Friday, I would have, they don't discharge on weekends. Oh, and then you would have been um, there through to the Monday. Yeah. yeah. I was like, no, thank you. Uh, so my agreement for being discharged on the Thursday was that I had to return on the Friday morning um, just for some final checks and a final meet with the paediatrician, yeah. uh, which was fine. Everything went fine. No, I didn't have any jaundice, any long-term um, like monitoring that we needed to do or anything. And his latch was awesome. And, yeah, that, that Friday morning, they ticked us off for everything. So Noah lost. He was born at 4.3 kilos. And I think we took Noah home at 3995. So, mm-hmm. like, he'd lost just over 300 grams, just over. Uh, so he stayed within the weight range that they were happy with. Uh, and he didn't have a lot of fluid on him when he was born. So that was another thing that they were able to tick off, like they were super happy with. Um but yeah, he, neither of us required any extra assistance, which is what the super thing was. And I think about Noah's birth as being like super easy. Yeah. And then I remember like it was a cesarean. They're not easy. No birth is easy. But in comparison to his sister's birth and the like long-term monitoring, it was just like everything just went beautifully. People listened to us this time. And I think that that was because Drew and I were really firm on the skin to skin and the colostrum. I didn't really care much about anything else. Uh, they were just the two big things that I took away from my first birthing experience that that was not going to be repeated the way that it was handled the first time. And Drew was fully supportive and on board of that. So I knew that if I wasn't in the room or if, if we did get separated, like if Noah's blood sugars were low or anything like that, um, I knew that Drew was just as, what's what I'm looking for? Like he was so on board with what we wanted 
that he wasn't going to let somebody like out talk him if that yeah. makes sense and you know we we'd done a lot of research together so that we could be quite armed I guess when it came to the colostrum thing especially uh, but this time around we just seemed to get the A-team they yeah. were just faithful fully supportive of what we wanted uh, and one of the nicest things that they did actually was when we first arrived at the hospital they asked us if we knew what baby we were having whether we were having a boy or a girl and I said we were having a boy and one of the midwives asked if we'd chosen the name yet and we said we had and then from that second on every midwife referred to him as Noah uh, oh before nice. he was born like, yeah, yeah he was so born. it wasn't just like this 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 yeah like it was such a strange yeah. little thing um but they were like okay yep Noah's heart rate's really good or yep well okay we're just gonna we're just gonna push on your stomach now just try and move Noah a little bit blah 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 and it doesn't sound like a lot but it was it was so different and because again I, I keep comparing my births but even after Isabel was born and we had named her uh, and they asked us what her name was people kept referring to her as the baby mm. which is you know it is what like that is what she is she is the baby that was born um but it still felt very I guess disjointed or like um clinical yeah. whereas my second pregnancy and delivery or my second delivery just felt so warm that's not the right word but warm like they just oh, they lovely. asked what he what we were having we're having a boy does he have a name yes his name is Noah and then like that was it everyone called him Noah and, yeah it gives him his like little personality like it, it give, like I think I feel like it makes them more of a like more yeah real it makes it yeah. more real like yeah, it, more, yeah it's an actual human being it's not a exactly not like a this a, little object of a baby yeah so um yeah it was great so I guess like delivery was great. Everything was good. We got discharged. Noah fed like a champ, slept like a champ. Um, super kid, super, super kid mm-hmm. in the early days. We'll listen to other episodes if you want to see what Noah's giving me stresses about now. Um, but my recovery as well was really good. I felt I recovered better from my cesarean the second time round than I did the first time. Uh, I just seemed to be able to do more things more quickly and I don't know if that was a mindset or a reality yeah. uh, because I had to do things more quickly the second time around. I was very lucky, however, to have Drew for five weeks this time, five and a half weeks, uh, instead of the 10 days that we had with Isabel, uh, just because of how school holidays had fallen and parental leave changes with the department. So it just, we ended up getting like five weeks or five and a half weeks or something like that. That um, is excellent. So, that is so really, good. It was really good having that, especially with having Isabel, um, because when I couldn't do things with her, Drew was able to. Yeah, help out with some of that lifting. Yeah, and, like, doing things like the washing, because when you add, like, an extra person who doesn't stop pooing because he's allergic to cow's milk, but you don't know that yet, um, and he's going through, like, five, six, seven outfits a day, that washing basket got super heavy, which yep. I know sounds like such a first world problem. But I wouldn't have been able to do it easily if it was just me and the two kids. Yeah. Um, so by the time Drew went back to work, I was basically back to normal. My season recovery was almost all done. I think Drew went back to work and then like three days later, I went for my checkup. So, and was ticked off to be able to drive and do everything like that. So that was really, really good. Um, yeah, for me, this, this time around was just so much better because it just seemed to flow. Yeah, And I think that 
when we said we wanted things. I think people listened to us because, I don't know, maybe it was because we'd already had a baby. and Maybe you came across as more confident and, like... I'm hoping so. Yeah. (laughs) Um, That was what we were aiming for. But, yeah, I think people kind of didn't tell us what to do this time. I think I felt like we were asked more of what, like, what did we want and when did we want it and things rather than being told, like, what the protocol is or what generally happens. Um, Yeah, we were asked a lot more, which was really nice. It was, I think, way less stressful for Drew as well uh, because he didn't, you know, Noah was never drooped. Noah got glucose gel from a false blood glucose reading, um, which really, that was my one complaint with my whole delivery with Noah and my birthing experience. So they had this BG meter that they were checking um, him on and he was doing fine, fine, fine. And then he suddenly dropped and he wouldn't get above two, 2.0. And one of the midwives was like, he needs glucose. And I said, that's fine. Like, I'm happy for him to have the gel. Like, that, yep, tick, that's fine. And she did that. And his blood glucose still didn't rise. And then it kept dropping. And then at one stage, um, he just, it was low for so, like, a prolonged period of time with no change, with glucose, with breast milk, like, not even a tiny blip up. And the midwife rang the pediatrician and requested him to come and drip Noah without my consent, without telling me. Um, I only knew because I heard her in the hallway making the phone call. And when she came in, I asked her about it. Um, This was not the amazing Sarah, by the way. Um, And yeah, I asked her about it and she said, well, that's what has to happen when the blood sugar is so low. And I said, but I don't believe he is low. And she said, well, the blood glucose meter says he's hyperglycemic. And I said, that's great. I don't believe he is hyperglycemic. Um, he's showing no signs of hypoglycemia. Um, you know, he was feeding really well. He was latching really strongly. He was alert. He was following um, like lights and things. Like he was just the complete opposite of the textbook baby hypoglycemia where they say like, you know, they have a really weak latch, a really weak suck. Um, they're really tired, lethargic, pale, um, all these kinds of things. And Noah was the complete opposite. And they had a shift change between this midwife calling and the pediatrician arriving and another midwife came in and I was obviously quite distressed about this stupid blood glucose reading that I didn't think was right and she did a blood blood gas oh yeah something yeah. Like that, a blood a big machine it was a big machine we had to take him to and we had to take like and I say he had to take a lot of blood in comparison to a finger prick that we need yeah. like this teeny tiny amount they had to take a bunch um and his blood glucose came back as four yeah um and so it was just a dodgy meter a dodgy meter um and on my discharge papers I think I've mentioned it um last season uh was it had that he was hypoglycemic uh because of maternal diabetes mellitus and that he had to receive um significant amounts of hypoglycemic treatment including a drip and he never had the drip. He never had the drip. Yeah. He had glucose two times in his mouth. Like, and the second time they only gave him half the dose that they were meant to because yeah. the midwife was like, he doesn't look hypoglycemic, but the machine says. And then I got into an argument with the original midwife, like on the day of my discharge, because she's the one who filled out the paperwork 
and I told her that it was incorrect and she said that it wasn't and I explained to her initially nicely and then I got really frustrated I just asked her to leave because I said but we did a blood gases one which is more accurate and it said that it was twice what your machine said it was and she said well I trust my equipment and I just wanted to scream at her yeah was that's great that you trust your equipment but this more accurate machine gave a better reading that was more in line with Noah's like physical symptoms yeah like he was happy alert feeding all kinds of stuff and the machine said his sugar was four whereas your machine says he's like super hypoglycemic and should be asleep and blah 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 um so it was really it was about half an hour of one night and then five minutes of my day of discharge that I wasn't happy with and other than that it was great I really was I can't complain about much at all (laughs) that's good I like I like to hear that that you have so was the experience better than you expected it to be like 100%. when you thought yeah were you thinking that you were going to go into another situation like what you had with Belle well that's what I prepared myself for like and like I said earlier I just it was so surreal to have nobody take him away from me yeah and like little things like when they did his hearing check when they did Isabel's they took her away and I had to ask to go to be there yeah which was so like that's weird. Considering yeah. if, like, the hearing check thing's, like, portable little things, I thought. Oh, well, not, was... not here in Armadale. Yeah. It's, like, it's, like, a full setup. I mean, it might be portable, but it's huge, and I think that they just leave it in the nursery. Okay. Um, so for both our kiddos, we had to go down to this room for it. Um, and because I was told by a midwife, a, a midwife that I loved from Isabel's birth, like, oh, most parents like to, like, come and get a photo because they look like they've got this, like, huge headset on, mm. um, which is super cute. I love my photos of the kids getting their hearing tests. Um, but then when they took her, nobody like asked me if I wanted to come. They said, oh, we're just doing some more tests and like picked her up out of her little cot thing to take her. Whereas with Noah, um, the midwives were like, hi, are you ready for your hearing test now? Like, come on, mom. And like helped me out of the bed and came down. And one of the midwives was like, oh, get your phone ready because we're going to do this thing now and stuff like that. Like I felt the second time round, just, this sounds so weird to say, but like so much more involved yeah um because I had prepared myself to have someone take you and understandably like in in some situations and in a lot of situations of women who have with diabetes who have children like the babies need additional care and that's okay and I wasn't trying to prevent that from happening Mm. um with any of my pregnancies ever um but it was nice I guess just nice this time to be informed yeah and to be like when I asked questions, I felt like people answered. And like, especially with my delivery in theatre, um, the midwife straight away, like when she took Noah over to get his Apgar and, and all that kind of stuff um, with the paediatrician, while he was with the doctor, she came over and she said, would you like me to help you get your gown down? Like, oh. so that I could feed him. Yeah. Because like, I was hooked up to all this stuff. I, I couldn't get my own gown down. Yeah. Um, but like, she just preempted did that like she knew that that's what we wanted so she facilitated that fast she knew that Noah was safe with the doctor he was getting a bunch of stuff done all right so let's get your breast out now let's get it ready like um and she it was really nice she like made it warm like yeah like she got this like little warm thing to put on it like I don't even know like it was just yeah she was ready for it and then as we were going through she's like okay so um, give him another feed now because I'm going to do a blood glucose soon. So if it's a bit low and he's had a feed, then it'll have some time to get into his system. We can recheck it again. Uh, yeah, like it was just, I had a different, completely different midwifery 
team for my delivery this time around and they were amazing. They really, really were. I was expecting to be separated. I was expecting him to be dripped um, and I had in the back of my mind that he was going to have issues breathing, which he beautifully didn't. Yeah, I just, it was completely different to what I expected in the best way possible. That's excellent. Well, on that note then, is there anything else that you wanted to share about your experience or did you have any advice based on your experience with Noah that you would give other mamas going into a emergency elective C-section birth? (laughs) (laughs) I think my advice is mainly um, for second-time mamas that you don't have to have the same experience you had before, positive or negative. Like I think that... I had quite a negative first experience. So I had um, worked up in my head that my second experience was going to be much the same and it wasn't. And I think that it was really hard for me to let go, like I said, of expecting someone to take him. Uh, And I think the same thing goes the opposite way. If you've had a great first birth, um, you know, don't expect it to go the same way. Be happy when it does or if it does go the same way, but I think that, um, and it's so much easier said than done because I do it all the time with my kids for everything, but it's a completely different battle and playing with completely different experience. And, you know, some women are very lucky and have like fantastic births all the way through like eight children. But I think my biggest bit of advice, and I feel like it's my anthem of being on Mama Beaties, is go in with as little expectations as you can. Like have the things that you want. Like we wanted skin to skin and we wanted colostrum. Have your non-negotiables, but don't have an A4 page of non-negotiables that, you know, you're going to be heartbroken if it doesn't happen. Um, Because I think that so many of the women that I know without diabetes, because I haven't had like a huge lot of in-depth discussions with ladies with diabetes um, who have had bubs, but they look back on their subsequent births with such like, oh, but this was different and this was different and this was different and, oh, it just sucks because, you know, like I guess their births are kind of overshadowed by like this thing that didn't go right rather than all these things that did go right. Yeah, I think my that's advice, good advice. My yeah. advice for second-time mums is just have your non-negotiables but have realistic non-negotiables um, and be, be ready for different. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Thanks for joining us for another week of Mama Beaties. We wanted also to say a special thank you to Carly, Noah and Drew for sharing a story that's very special to them with us and the Mama Beaties community. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcast so you never miss an episode and leave us a review so that others can find us too. Remember to follow us on Facebook, just search Mama Beaties, Twitter at Mama Beaties or on Instagram at Mama Beaties underscore podcast. To reach out, please email us at mamabeauties.podcast at gmail.com. If during this podcast series you feel you need to reach out for additional support, please contact your usual treating team, PANDA's National Perinatal Anxiety and Depression Helpline on 1300 726 306 or Lifeline on 13 11 14 outside of PANDA's operating hours.